Hey guys, welcome to 100% Creative, where we talk about 50% creative business and 50% random shit. My name is Jen Madigan, I'm your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Let's get to the show. Hey everybody, and welcome back to 100% Creative. I'm here today with my financial guru, Jillian Todd, and she is joining us from Atlanta. So welcome, Jillian. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited about this podcast, but like talking to you about it before and like now it's actually here and now we're talking on it. It's great. I know. Jillian is, was the inspiration behind the name because of our random, <laughs> random conversations about business and also about the most random shit because I tend to go off on extreme tangents. So <laughs> thanks for the inspiration. <laughs> yeah, totally. Here for it. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you, your background, kind of what you do, that type of stuff. Yeah. So like Jen said, I, my name is Jillian Todd. I'm a finance coach for creatives. And that is like a very fancy word of like, I am like the biggest pep talker. Like, I'm like, you can do this. You got this. And so I work with creatives, especially creative women in a couple of different ways. I have like a money confident course where I teach people how to like set and achieve financial goals. But I also work with with them one-on-one. And it really came from... I studied finance in school. I did like the whole corporate accounting thing and I hated it. It was awful. And then I did like a book. I had a bookkeeping business for a long time where I was helping people, you know, manage their business finances. And like, are you profitable? Are you making money? Like if you want to sell your business long-term, like how are you building in that direction? And so my coaching business was kind of born from that because I noticed what I loved the most about accounting, what I loved the most about my job was not really like the number crunching, though I do like, like spreadsheets more than the average person you could argue. Um, but it really was like sitting down with people and like explaining what the numbers mean, right? Like it, explaining how they can make more money, explaining that like your goal to like get debt free or save this money or retire is not like this big impossible thing. It's something that you can do and like walking them through that and seeing kind of those breakthroughs. So that's kind of how my coaching business was born. And like, that's what I do every day now. I just like talk to creative women and tell them that you can be rich and badass and that rich people are not evil. <laughs> And I love your approach to finance and like that type of coaching. So do you want to explain a little bit about how you differ kind of from most people who do financial coaching? Because I feel like one thing I love about your approaches is there's like no shame. It's very realistic, which means it's easy to stick to long term. Um, but yeah, kind of maybe talk about how you developed that philosophy and how it differs from a traditional like money coach. Like people probably think like Dave Ramsey, for example. Yeah, totally. I was going to say that most people, when they think about like financial advising or financial coaching, they gave Ramsey and I just disagree. <laughs> I like, I, when I first um, got into the coaching space, I was like, you know, he's like the main name in the space. And I like read some of his books and like listened to his podcast for a while. And I was just like, I just don't think that you have to like beat yourself up into having a creative life because I really, I don't work that way. So like when I hear people who like, don't go on vacation for three years or like only eat beans and rice. Like that is definitely one way to do it. And some people like put your head down and like do the work and crunch it out. But for me, like I would say personal finance is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And like, I know me personally. And I'm like, if I feel like I'm never having fun, I have not gone on vacation. I've never bought like new clothes for myself or like splurged or like that stuff's important to me. So it's important that I build that into my life. Right. Cause if I'm going to be working on this financial plan for the next five or 10 years, like I need to have joy in my life. Right. And I think 2020, especially has brought us to this of like, 
I need joy wherever I can find it, right? Because I'm not doing those same normal things of like going to brunch with my friends or like seeing my family as much. So like really bringing those into your life instead of feeling like debt is bad and I'm dumb for having, you know, for not having financial wellness or not having money saved. And so I just need to punish myself more and stick to this really tight budget instead of like, okay, so what are the things that are most important to you? How can you keep those and make other sacrifices, adjust your plan so that it's realistic, right? Like you shouldn't be like getting on the wagon and then falling right back off, right? Which I feel like is what so many of us do. You're like, okay, this month, this pay period, I'm like not gonna spend any money on food. I'm not going to Target. I'm deleting Amazon Prime, right? And then we just like set ourselves up for failure because it's too hard. We try to do too many things at once. So instead, like really embracing like, what are the things that are most important? How can you keep those? and also hit those goals that are important to you. Yeah. I definitely think of like, when I think of Dave Ramsey's approach or approaches like that, where it's a lot of deprivation, a lot of like you said, like super strict budget, not, you know, going on vacation, those types of things. I I think of it as like a crash diet or like a really strict diet that you cannot stick to. And the minute you have like a piece of chocolate, you beat yourself up terribly. And then you just spiral because you're like, well, I've already ruined, ruined it. So I might as well keep on going. So yeah. And I think that that's at least for me, why financial stuff has never really worked because I, I can't stick to something that extreme. Yeah, totally. And I think it just comes down to like having empathy for yourself and being realistic, right? Like if I've tried this like super strict like diet or budget, like 17 times, <laughs> like every single month, I'm like, okay, this is the month, this is the month. And I keep failing, like maybe looking at it and taking a different approach, not saying that like I'm wrong or like, that I'm like an idiot or dumb or, you know, irresponsible or anything like that. But just saying like, okay, how, obviously this isn't working for me. Obviously there's a problem here. How can I better set myself up for success? How can I maybe adjust these categories? It really is about like having empathy for yourself and not leaping into that spiral, right? Because you like spent too much money at Target one day, but it really is just saying like, okay, I see where I messed up. How can I grow? How can I learn from this situation? So one thing I really like about your approach is that you kind of talk about the two different motivation styles. So if you're a carrot person or you're a stick person, like what is going to be the thing that makes you stick to your original goal? So I am a very strong stick person. I'm motivated by the thought of something bad happening. (laughs) So, you know, but other people are motivated by the idea of a goal or a dream coming true, like something treating themselves, whatever. So do you want to talk a little bit about how you developed that? Was it something that, you know, you had experienced? Cause I know you've talked about in your financial journey, like what that has looked like for you. Yeah, totally. So, um, and I love that you touched on this. Like I love talking about this cause it's so relevant. And I don't think people, you know, they kind of just think like, this is the way that I need to do this. So I talk about motivation and like, we're one of two kind of, you're motivated in one of two ways analogy it references a rabbit who you're trying to motivate to like do something and so they're either motivated by like the carrot which is the good reward so like you know you save the money and then you go on vacation or you know you have this picture of this dream house hanging up in your house and it like motivates you to stick to your budget to make the plan to make the investments or you're a stick person so you're motivated by the things you want to move away from so you know, you want to save money because you want to get out of your shitty job or you are afraid of getting in trouble from your finance coach, right? So like you're motivated by the bad things. And I think once you understand that, you can put in things that will help you get to your goal or help you motivate yourself, right? So if you are, because I'm a stick person as well. So like for me, it wasn't enough to say like, 
oh, and then like when I'm going to be out of debt, it'll be so awesome. I'll have all this money. Like that didn't really motivate me and the way that it motivates other people. Mm. Some people can totally visualize it. They're like, I'm so excited. I'm spending so much money on my debt. I can't wait to spend it on chocolate or, you know, whatever you decide to spend it on. And that motivates them. But for me, it wasn't doing it. So for me, it really was about creating support, finding a community that held me accountable. So like if I said I was going to do something that I knew that they were like, going to call me out on it. Right. Cause like, I'm terrified of getting into trouble. I'm that stick person. And so really like, again, setting yourself up for success in a way that is meaningful to you, not just like what your mom thinks or like what you heard on a podcast. Right. But like really doing something that's going to be motivating to you. Cause like you could follow all the advice, but if you don't actually stick to the plan, if you don't actually make the changes, it's, you know, it doesn't really do anything for you. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, because even when you talk about the two different like methods of say paying off debts, there's the avalanche where you start with like the largest either balance or I guess the interest rate or whatever. And then the lowest, you know, amount. And I think a care person would be like, okay, I'm going to start with the lowest amount because then it snowballs and I just get more motivated. Whereas like for me, I, I tried to do that in the past and it just didn't motivate me. And then I switched my approach because I was like, well, you know, this higher, larger debt feels like more of a burden. (laughs) So I just want to move away from that as quickly as possible. And I think even though it'll take me longer, it's definitely, that's the more motivating thing. Cause if it's like like the negative part of like not paying that first is that I have a larger payment hanging over my head for, you know, however long. Yeah, totally. And I think like, we never really want to think about things that we hate, but like for a stick person, like that's really motivating, right? Like you're like, I hate this credit card. Like I pay so much money and it never goes down and blah, blah, blah. So like that might be a good place to start as opposed to kind of like you said, someone who is like a carrot person might be more motivated by like saving the most money over time or, you know, like whatever that is. So like, it really is like, again, what are you motivated by? Like the things that you hate that you want to move away from or like the things that you really want. Right. So like treating yourself for paying off something or like going on an awesome vacation. Right. Some people are really motivated by that. And it's yeah. just about finding what that is for you. Yeah. What's motivating the reward or the consequence, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Which so, sounds weird. Yeah. No, but it's so true. And I've been like that my whole life. And, and yet I tried to approach finance with the opposite motivation, which is a totally. reward, which is like the reward is how I got into debt in the first place. Cause I was like, treat yourself. <laughs> oh gosh. So yeah, rewards, I feel like aren't, aren't as motivating for me. So it's super interesting. Yeah. And are you, you're a stick person, you said, so you're more, yeah. Okay. Then like, what's the easiest way, I guess, for someone who is kind of like not even wanting to deal with their finances, they just kind of put their head in the sand. Like what's the easiest way for them to find a coach like yourself and start working with them? Is it something that is achievable for everyone? Is financial coaching really expensive? I know you offer two different options. So kind of, can you talk about those? Yeah, for sure. So I work with people in two ways. I have the money confident course, which is really for people who are kind of like what you said, like getting started with building that momentum. And so this, the whole purpose of the course is we set and achieve a financial goal in six weeks. And some people hear that and they're like, am I like going to pay off $50,000 of debt in six weeks? And like, no, (laughs) it would be a lot more expensive and it would take a lot more than six weeks, obviously. Um, But the point of the course is really to help you get the mindset and build momentum. So contrary to kind of what we said of like when you start a new month or new budget and we're like, 
yeah, this is going to be it. You declare to your partner, you're like, this is it. We're like getting out of debt. We're saving the money. We're buying the house, you know, and then you fall off maybe in two weeks or two months or whatever. So the course is intended to help you create a budget that you can actually stick with, understand how you're motivated, understand how to stick to the plan, picking an achievable goal, right? Because I think so often we like shoot for the stars. We're like, okay, it's debt-free or bust, right? And then we make it too hard and too complex and then we get overwhelmed and we quit, right? And if you're like me, like I don't just like quit a little bit and then go back the next week. (laughs) I just like fall off the wagon and then I flip the whole wagon over and I light it on fire and I dance around it, right? Like, and I think that's what so much of us do. Like, so it really is building those skills of like, when you fall off, like having empathy for yourself, saying, looking at it as a, with empathy and trying to find a solution of like, okay, what tripped me up? Did I self-sabotage? Is it that I wasn't having enough fun? Was it a just life emergency that couldn't have been avoided? And then making changes around that. So I would say that the course is a really good way to get started and build that momentum. Um, I also work with people one-on-one. So one-on-one is really for people who are like very ambitious and have big goals they want to achieve. So this is like trying to scale my business. I am trying to actively get out of debt. I'm coming up on retirement and I need, you know, a lot of support. I need planning. Um, And so it is really opportunity to work with me one-on-one and get the dedicated support, right? So like, this is for someone, if you've maybe tried a bunch of things in the past and you really need that accountability, both if you're a carrot or a stick person, right? So like, if you're a stick person, like you need someone on you to be like, Hey, did you do your budget? Did you stick to the plan? Did you set aside this, these funds like you needed? Um, but then also if you're a carrot person of like, remember what you're working for, right? This, this is for you. This is your goal reminding you what you're working towards and kind of like giving you that accountability and support that you need when you're working on these long-term goals. Yeah. And so I did your course the last round and I, it helped me so much and it definitely gave me, it made me feel very empowered to like keep going. So I love that. Cause I think it's hard for people and maybe this isn't true for everyone, but I believe like when you're kind of like, I don't have a lot of money and this is why then investing in someone who's going to be like, you didn't, do this right and obviously no wonder you have no money but like it's like hard to pay for something even though you know it'll help you if you like don't feel like you have the money so yeah it's kind of that like but I love that you have different tiers of working with you and and levels of kind of like what those needs might be yeah totally and I mean that's something I get all the time right like people are like why would I spend money to learn how to save money right (laughs) and like that's true but I think it just comes back to like what are your motivations? You know, like how bad do you actually want this goal? Because I find that that's a, a thing a lot. People, you know, have these vague goals of like, I want to save money or I want to get out of debt and they don't have a big enough reason for wanting it. And if you don't have a big enough reason for wanting it, like you're probably not going to make the changes. You're probably not going to stick to the plan. And so it comes down to like why you want it and then like how far are you willing to go to make sure that you actually achieve it. With the course that you're doing, can you maybe just share like what a couple of people's goals were? Like you don't have to say their name or anything, but, and like how that went, like maybe just give an example of like one person or two people, just so people kind of have an idea of like, what is achievable in six weeks? (laughs) Yeah, totally. So it starts with like naming the big dream. Again, you have to be like excited about these goals that you're working towards, or you won't like actually take the steps to achieve them. Um, And so it starts with like naming that big goal. So for you, it might be like, I want to get out of debt but you're not going to pay off, you know, a huge amount of debt in six weeks. So it's really coming up with something that is exciting, but challenging and achievable. So something like I want to pay off a thousand dollars on my like 
the credit card that pisses me off the most, or I want to save $1,500 for this like dream vacation. Right. So like coming up with something that is outside of your comfort zone, right. Cause we want to grow. I want to challenge you. I don't want this to be something that you can like snooze on and just like give yourself a pass on. I want to take you outside of your comfort zone. But then I think also like once you've actually achieved it at the end of the course, when you've seen like yourself actually make the budget, actually stick to the habits, actually understand how you're motivated and set yourself up for success, knowing that you've done something that was like a little outside of your comfort zone and that takes you in the direction of that big goal, you now have proof of what's possible, right? You now have proof that I can stick to the goal. I can pay off money. I can, you know, make a dent in this huge credit card balance. And so kind of to your question of like some of the results that we had. So um, we had one person who like saved money for her dream house. She wanted her dream was to like buy a castle out of the country. And so she saved that first $2,000 for it. She was a carrot person. If you haven't told, if you can't tell, that is very like carrot, like aspirational. Um, another person was able to pay themselves out of their business for the very first time. She was like working and had like a lot of money mindset issues about like, I, you know, I have to reinvest in the business. I'm not worthy of paying myself. I have to hustle, hustle, hustle. We had another person, Jen actually paid an extra $800 on her large loan balance that was like pissing her off and making her mad. So it is like, again, the goals are individual because you know your own finances best, but it really is like picking something that is exciting and challenging that will take you in the direction that you want to go. Yeah, I actually haven't added up the principle since then because I've kept uh, going on that paying extra every week. Um, And I know that at the end of this month, I'll have paid like almost $3,000 extra in the last like since June, basically. So thanks to you. Hell yeah. That's (laughs) awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty fun watching the like remaining balance go down and now it's going down even faster because it's getting towards the end, you know, closer to the end. So you start paying more on principal than interest, which is cool. Um, but yeah, like actually looking at that, it was super motivating to me and saying like, Oh my gosh, like if I pay, you know, a full payment and then pay extra every week, like I'm most of it's going towards principal whereas whereas before so much of it was going towards interest. And that's frustrating when you actually like force yourself to look at it (laughs) and you're like, Oh gosh, (laughs) how can I get rid of this as soon as possible? Yeah, totally. And I think that's part of, you know, people's dread about it, right? It's the, we want to kind of stick our head in the sand and like we go, or I say like we're either, or, so you either like, don't look at your finances, like don't look at your loan balances. Cause you're like afraid to look at it. Or you go to like the other end of like budgeting every single penny and like freaking out if your husband sends too much money at the grocery store, you know, like, and it's about finding that place in the middle of like knowing what's going on with your finances, number one, because it's probably not as bad as you think, I promise. Um, but then two, once you look at it, you can actually like take steps in the direction to change it. And you're not like on this hamster wheel, like forever dreading forever, just like paying the minimum and pretending everything's okay and having anxiety about it. Right. And it's also not on the other end where you're like, so obsessed, so controlled, like watching every single dollar and like having a panic attack of like, again, if you spend too much money at target or whatever, but really just like trusting yourself, having a plan and not being afraid of your finances. Like you are in control of your money. Like you are smart enough capable enough, confident enough, like to do this. It really is just about like taking that first step and learning along the way. Yeah. I love, I just love that like approach of empowering people to like, yeah, you're smart enough. You're capable. You can do this and not that shame. Like, Oh God, how did you do get yourself into this mess? Or like, 
you know, which I think a lot of people feel a lot of shame around anything with money. I think it's just a societal thing actually, but you know, it's like everyone wants it, but no one wants to talk about it. And it's like a taboo subject. One thing that I really love too, and maybe you can talk a little bit about this. I don't want you to like give your whole course away, but (laughs) like, I loved one of the things you talked about on your own money journey was figuring out what you were trying to accomplish with your spending. Or maybe you're an extreme saver and you never spend anything and like, but you are like a miser. I don't know. But you know, <laughs> what what's the motivation really behind it? Which I loved and I'd never, yeah, I'd never kind of seen that approach either. So I think of like Dave Ramsey or some of those big names in the financial world. And it's kind of like, they never address like, well, wh- how did you get in this issue? It's always like you spent more than you should have. And now you got to like dig your way out of it. It wasn't like, okay, well, let's figure out what you were trying to accomplish with this spending or, or whatever the money issue is that you have. And I, I just really like, so can you, can you talk about that just in relation to your own story? Yeah, totally. So when I, I always say like, I was a spender, like I was a huge spender. I was the kid who like got their $10 allowance. And then like, it was immediately gone. Like I walk out of target with like handfuls of candy. <laughs> and then like, mom's like, okay, well like that's it for two weeks. Um, and that was a pattern that actually followed me into adulthood. So like, I was like earning this like big corporate accounting salary and like every pay period, I would like spend all my money, like yes, bills, but then also like going out to eat with my friends, shopping, like buying new furniture, of course, because I was like 22 and like had to decorate all, all my places. Right. Um, and so I had this like constant push pull of like, I would spend all my money as soon as I got it and then be like miserable for the next like two weeks or month because I didn't have any money to spend. I couldn't go out to dinner with my friends. Like I just felt poor. And so it really was like this and I like couldn't get out of it. Right. It was like a toxic cycle because then after like two weeks of not having any money, like not doing anything fun, I get paid again. And I would mentally be like, okay, this time I'm going to be smarter. This time I'm going to plan it out. This time I'm not going to blow all my money at TJ Maxx this weekend. But then because I had, I'd been so long in this scarcity mindset of like, oh, I can't have, oh, I'm broke. Oh, I can't do this. As soon as the money hit my account, I would like go into autopilot and want to treat myself again. So it really was like, understanding what that need was. And kind of like I said earlier, it was like, Jillian, what are you trying to accomplish with this spending? Like, what is that desire? Like, what is it? And so for me, it was like feeling loved and like I was well taken care of and that like I work really hard, right? So like I deserve to have treats. And so when I tried to have a budget that didn't have any room for eating out or (laughs) shopping or going on vacation or any of the things that I loved, like getting my nails done and like, you know, getting massage or like when I had hair, like getting my hair done, I was never able to stick to it. Right. Cause it didn't align because I always had that desire of like, Oh, but I should treat myself. Oh, but I work hard. Oh, but I deserve these things. Right. And so it wasn't until I was able to actually build that into my budget of like, okay, what if I just let myself go to brunch? What if I just plan it out and say like, this is my eating out budget. This is how much I'm going to spend. And then that need is hit. And I can also save money pay off debt, pay my mom back, right? Like all of these other things. And so really coming back to what the underlying need is. And so maybe you're not a spender, maybe you're a saver and you like hoard your money and you're afraid to invest in anything. And you just have like thousands of dollars in your bank account. So for you looking at what the underlying need is, do you feel, does that money help you feel secure? 
are you afraid that something's going to happen? You're not going to be able to take care of your family. Like understanding what those underlying like fears or desires are, because once you understand them, you can have empathy for yourself and you can make a plan around it. Right. So maybe you don't need to have $15,000 in your business savings account, right? Maybe you can have $5,000. So if something happens tomorrow, you're taken care of, but then also making other investments so that you're growing so that that fear of maybe security or that something bad's going to happen doesn't keep you from the financial reality that you actually want, right? Because I think if you don't really address those needs, if you don't ever become aware of them, you're just on this like unconscious cycle of like, why can I never save this money? Why am I like unable to ever invest? I like try, I've done these things. And like, maybe you do like workshops and courses and listen to all the podcasts, but until you really address those underlying like needs, those underlying fears, those underlying desires, like you will never really make the changes long-term that you need to. Yeah. I love that approach because it, it basically addresses like the mindset behind the money, which is key to making any long lasting changes, I think. So yeah, totally. I I definitely was similar to you. Like my dad used to joke, like money burns a hole in your pocket. And I struggled to save money unless I had like a big goal that was really exciting to me, which, you know, I think it's happened once or something in my whole life. But like, I now know that like the desire, what I was like reaching for in my spending was that wanting to feel special, wanting to feel loved, like wanting people to like me, you know, and it's kind of like, I think it comes from, you know, growing up, I was the oldest child of a large family and we never like lacked for anything. We, you know, lived a very comfortable life, but like, I didn't have like guest jeans, you know, I grew up in the eighties and nineties. So I didn't have like the stuff that like the cool kids had. Um, I wore like Lee jeans, (laughs) you know, so it wasn't, you know, so I think I associated those things with like feeling special, being liked. And then as soon as I had a job and like money coming in, like I just wanted to, you know, buy, buy, buy to kind of fill that like need for wanting to feel special. And I never really had addressed that and never really even thought about it until your course. So super helpful for me. So I think that's an awesome, like kind of way to learn (laughs) about your motivation. Totally. And I always ask people too, to like, think back on like a couple of stories from your childhood too. Cause like a lot of it does, I mean, it's all connected, right? Like our issues with money are also our issues with relationship and in business and in life, right? It's all connected. So like looking back on some stories about money and like, if you remember it, it's probably significant. So like, what did your parents believe about money? Like what's a story where you maybe like spent money and got in trouble, right? So then maybe you became a saver and you're like, it's not smart to save money. I should always save. Or maybe you were like me and Dan and like blew your allowance every single week. And you were like, money comes and goes. And like, you know, I better spend it while I have it before something comes and takes it away from me. Or, you know, I see this a lot as well of like, especially moms of like giving to others is super important, right? Because it helps you feel loved and people need you, right? So maybe you are, you only spend money on other people, right? You don't ever spend on yourself. You like spend all your money on your kids and making sure your family's taken care of and your friends and they'll love you, but you are neglecting yourself, right? So like looking back on those stories and like really understanding like, okay, what was the story? What was the lesson that I learned there? And does it still serve me, right? Like, am I safe? You know, do I feel loved and important? Is it like, is this something that I can meet that need in another way, right? So it's not just about um, allocating your budget a different way, but like if your thing 
if your need, if your underlying desire is like a need to feel special, how can you do that in a way also that maybe doesn't need money, right? So like, can you take yourself out on a date? Can you like redecorate your apartment in a way that feels like lush and abundant and like beautiful? Can you like finding another way to meet that need, that fear, that desire so that you can, because that's kind of like your base, right? Like until you feel, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, until you feel safe and taken care of and loved, like you can't really do anything else, right? You'll just be on this subconscious like, cycle of pattern, you know, repeating the same patterns. So like really, how can you meet those needs so that you can then save the money, get out of debt, start investing, build the business without feeling constantly like, Oh, am I okay? Oh, am I safe? Oh, am I taken care of? Cause you deserve it. Yeah. Do you think that, you know, once you figure that out, you're like set and you're good. Or do you think that once you figure that out and you reach like a new level of paying off debt or investing or saving, like you kind of get, it comes creeping back in. Like, do you think it's something that you're always kind of dealing with and adjusting or is it kind of like a one and done? Like I figured this out. I'm home free. (laughs) Oh no. I always joke that like, it's never a one and done. Right. I always joke that like, you don't like uncover your money story and be like, oh, I need to feel loved. And you're like, ah, I'm healed. And now I make a million dollars a year and everything is perfect, right? Like there are levels to this. So like I used to be a spender, like, and I had that problem for a long time. And then once I kind of uncovered that, I honestly went to the other end where I was like hoarding money, afraid to spend because I didn't trust myself because I thought that I would automatically always default to overspending or like I couldn't be trusted with my own credit card. Like, so it's it's always changing. It's always looking at what you're doing. It's always analyzing, like, how can I better set myself up for success? How can I reach for that next tier and new level, new devil. That's what they always say, right? (laughs) Like you solve one problem and you're like, Oh, but like this over here, maybe needs some attention. So it's always a process. Yeah. I would say that's probably true in a lot of areas. Like I just think of like weight loss or dieting, like people who usually they lose a lot of weight, then they're like almost afraid to go back to any sort of like normal I don't want to say like all yeah. the, like not normal eating habits but say they overate and then they kind of like got themselves in check lost a bunch of weight and then they're kind of afraid to like go out to eat or have a pizza because they almost yeah it's that same thing like not trusting yourself to like maintain that level that you worked so hard for and I definitely can see that happening with finance too if you kind of swing in the opposite direction to kind of try to control the like yeah, I think it comes down to control really. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I always say like humans love to be like all or nothing, like you're in or out, like not looking at your money at all or like budgeting every single penny. And I think like it's hard for us, right? So like when you move from one side, you automatically want to be like, okay, well, I don't like this. So let me go all the way to the other side of the spectrum and like obsess over it, right? So it really is about like finding that middle ground. And it's always a balance. Like you never like arrive. And again, there's never a moment where you're like, and now it's healed. It's like kind of like, therapy or personal growth or growing your business. Like there's never like, you might have a single moment where you're like, huh, I'm doing all right. But then you like, you know, you keep moving, you keep growing because like as humans, like you're always learning, you're always improving, you're always growing. And that's just part of the journey. Yes. Okay. So if someone wanted to get started with personal finance, like right now, they're excited by listening to this. I know your course has already started. Like it goes in six week increments and you launch it I don't know how often, but if someone wants to like, they're all hyped up and they want to get started. Like what's your first, what should they do first? (laughs) Yeah, this is a 
Good question. I would say first, let me know because the money confident course was previously like I did it in rounds. So it is a six week program to set and achieve a goal. Um, but we are going to be moving to like an evergreen option so that you would be able to like jump in whenever, like when you're pumped up after listening to this podcast episode, we are not quite there yet. So if you're listening to this and you want to get started, you want to go again from this place of like not looking at your money, like being afraid, being anxious all the time, having shame and guilt to the opposite, which is like money confidence and feeling empowered and trusting yourself. I would say, send me a message. I do have some spots open right now for one-on-one coaching and I would love to have you. Yes. So how can people find you? Like, I know you have a podcast as well. Love the podcast. And so just kind of share a little bit about all the ways people can connect with you or get more advice or listen to all of your good gems. Yeah, totally. So um, my podcast is called Money Confident and that is anywhere that podcasts are found. So Apple or Spotify, or you can listen on your browser as well. So I would just search Money Confident with Jillian Todd. Um, my Instagram is underscore Jillian Todd and my website is atlanticbkf.com. Yeah. Come find me all the places. I love like Jen number one, like this has been a joy, but then like, so come talk to me, like ask your questions. I'm here to support you. I'm here to like love on you. Um, don't feel like you can't ask a question cause I'm gonna like send you an invoice after it. Right. Like I want to support you like this. I feel like this is why I was put on the planet to like help women become money confident. So reach out to me. Let's talk. Let's be BFFs. Yeah. You guys are going to love her so much. I'm going to put all of her info in the show notes and also on Instagram live every week. I think she goes yeah. off if you have questions and you know, we can ask them on there and all kinds of good stuff. Usually I always yeah. like learn something new every time I <laughs> listen to her. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. This was awesome.